Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Shazam! Oh, a shout-out to Al McCoy, who went into the Ring of Honor tonight. Congratulations to him, and excellent call by you. And we are here with this week's episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the Fans by the Fans podcast. Hey, you didn't have to write it down, or did you? I totally wrote it down. I write it down every time. (laughs) Force of habit now. Just force of habit. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> pull back the curtain a bit. Um, we are uh, again here with, with this week's episode, and uh, since the All Star break, the Suns are as of tonight now two and three after they beat OKC this evening, and um, we've got a few com- comments topics that we're going to discuss here today. We've got the trades that went down at the trade deadline. We've got this youth movement that's happening here uh, with the Phoenix Suns and what it might mean if it continues to be fun. I I guess we can call it successful in terms of wins and losses, but perhaps not as successful in terms of the reverse standings. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute. First things first, Paul, trade deadline. Suns pulled off two blockbusters. My mind, Mega was, my mind was blown both times. I, I passed out. It was phenomenal. Obviously, none of that actually happened. Um, the biggest one was obviously P.J. Tucker being traded to Toronto for two, not one, but two second-round draft picks. And I said the Suns wouldn't trade him for a second-round draft pick. I was right because they traded yeah, for two. two. Yes. So, Paul, what do you think? What do you think about that trade? Um, I'm happy for PJ. I think he he'll be a great fit up there in Toronto. I think they'll like him. He get he got to go back home, kind of. You he's, know that he's that, Canadian. No, that's where he was drafted. Oh, when he was first in the league before he washed out, and then the Suns picked him back up. Oh. but the more you know, um, Toronto Toronto's in a position to contend, and he kind of fills a need that they have from a defensive three uh, and D guy who can body LeBron and kind of. Take some of that uh, brunt of the defensive load. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. No, and I'm I'm really happy for TJ. TJ. PJ. PJ. I didn't call him TJ earlier, did I? No, you didn't. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm really happy for PJ too because you know he's a guy that deserves a shot. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, he gave uh, an interview on his way out of town and was pretty emotional about being moved. Um, but again. I think ultimately, after he kind of got over the shock, I guess you could say, of being traded, considering he was the, I believe, longest tenured son at the time. Yeah. Uh, he certainly, I'm sure, is excited about getting that opportunity. And, you know, they got a little bit of little bit of value, very little bit of value, but they got something back for him. Uh, he well, that boogie trade kind of screwed up value of everybody. That Well, yeah, and... I, I disagree with that because it it was screwed up in terms of what value was given given there, but 
if the Suns wanted a first rounder for PJ and that was the only thing they were going to accept for him, then they would have not traded him, obviously. So right. the whole right. we're not taking second round draft picks thing was obviously just, you know, your typical bluster, bluster your typical pro, um, posturing by an NBA GM. And so be it. But you've got a guy who's going going into he is in a contract year his contract's running out at the end of the season at least they got a little bit of return for him because you know whether he would be re-signed by the Suns or not who knows but if that was going to happen then there's still the opportunity for it to happen for him to come back if he's so inclined and if so great if not then at least he didn't just walk away for nothing right yeah I mean I I think it was a, it was a good move on the Suns part they got what they could what they could get for him he was the piece that probably was best to move I mean obviously there are other pieces people would have liked to see move Brandon Knight but mm-hmm. obviously there was the trade value for him was so low we probably would have had to give up something else to entice somebody to take on that contract mm-hmm. or we would have had to take on an even worse salary, which I don't even know if that that that, that I don't know if that really helps. exists. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes it puts us in a worse situation. But and you know there always could have been a move for Tyson, but I'm kind of I'm glad they kept Tyson around. And you know Knight is what he is. At least he's not being a malcontent about not having played since the trade deadline. Well, at least in this you know five game stretch. Yeah, but. Even if well, it wasn't really the five minutes straight. It just he, the he's yeah, yeah. Well, Which, well, that was right. the same. Yeah, yeah. We we clear, clear, cool. But he also obviously took on a different role even before the trade deadline. And as far as I've seen or read or what have you, he hasn't been a problem in the locker room. Which is which is great to his credit. Like good, yeah. good for him. I guess at the same time, if I was getting paid a boatload of money to not do my job, I would be perfectly happy too. Right? Yeah. Would you not yeah. be? Well, he's still only 24. Hey, Paul, you want $14 million to suck at something? I'll take $14 million to suck at something. Okay. But if you play good at, while you're making $14 million, then you can make that much more later on down the line. Now, now, you're, just, gonna... now you're just getting selfish. <laughs> so, anyway, we don't need to talk about Brandon Knight anymore. Mm. Sure, we need to talk about Tyler sure Hewitt. Sure, he's a great guy, by the way. I'm, I'm like to have a beer with him whatever but not a fan of him as you a got player. so i'm sorry tyler Ulis, you god as in like a nickname as in like he's a member of the wu-tang i, I you're <laughs> not speaking my language i'm sorry i'm not familiar i'm not gonna does, that, sur- that. does that surprise <laughs> you that i'm not familiar so okay well. um we'll talk about tyler Ulis. we will and alan williams and airplane mode Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't mix up nicknames there. Uh, but at least, like, two minutes on the second trade, right? Because oh, yeah. that was even equally oh. blockbuster level. Uh, oh, my God, the Mike Scott Suns era? acquired Mike Scott for a top 55 protected second-round draft pick. Uh, and they also got Cash, and they also got Sank Akiol, who is a 29-year-old... Small forward who's playing, I believe, in, I don't know, somewhere in Europe right now and has averaged yeah. at the peak of his European career 11 points a game and was drafted in 2005, apparently. Uh, so that was to save money. Yes. 
And fine, whatever. I'm not yep. going to complain about it. Top 55 protected second round draft pick. Yeah, that means whatever. we're going to. If we're giving away a top 55 protected second round draft pick, that means we're really good. And I'll take that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that was just a cash saving deal. Uh, the Suns had to hit that salary floor and did so by making that trade. Now, I know, I feel like there's been some confusion on this whole salary floor thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on paper, as far as I understand it, the only penalty is you pay out whatever to get to the salary floor to the guys on your team. So wouldn't it be like a nice gesture of goodwill to be like, hey, we got this extra money. Might as well pay it to the guys who have actually been playing here rather than taking on this guy who hasn't been here just so we don't have to pay you money. With the thought being that you're just going to have to pay the money anyway, yeah. right? Well, is that an opening for me to explain why yes. that's not necessarily the case? Just making sure. Thank you, Paul. So that's not necessarily the case because the way it operates is that you have what is referred to as the cap sheet. The cap sheet being the amount of salary that was on the books uh, by at, at, at the end of the year, not necessarily the amount that was Paid so by your team. By your team. So the Suns basically traded for Mike Scott, took on his three point three million dollars or so uh, salary, as it's reflected in the cap sheet, but only had to pay him the prorated basis, the prorated amount of that, which came out to be like nine hundred grand. So in reality, they hit the cap floor, but saved themselves two point one million, two point. Four million dollars, something like by that, by making that trade. You're a CPA. I or, am a CPA, but that's what I use. Are you officially a CPA now? No, I'm not. Okay. But I should not have said I was a CPA. I'm no. close. Yeah, it's okay. I so, passed the exam. So we'll call it two point four million dollars <laughs> that they save, plus whatever cash they get back, plus Sake Akiol. Yeah, who a couple years back was traded for JaVale McGee. So I mean, hey. I guess theoretically we could get some uh, a player that will actually <laughs> play in the NBA sometime. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, again, a non-consequential trade, really, just a sal- just a just a money-saving deal. Which I feel like maybe I just opened Robert Sarver up to being like yelled at more by saying that's that's what it is. No, but that's what it is. And yeah. if you save two point four million dollars, whatever, it's a business. More power to you. It, so it, it's not like he was doing a move that is abnormal. Teams all over the league do these types of moves to you know, hit that salary floor, clear cap space or whatever all the time. So it it's not like you see teams on a right routine basis not hitting the cap fl- salary floor and paying out these bonuses to their players. Right. So it's not like the players ex- – It's not abnormal. It. It's, it's, it's part of the business. Those guys get paid a boatload of money anyway. I'm sure none of them yeah. are losing sleep at night over the trade for Mike Scott. I'm a little upset we can't use any office memes because they cut him immediately, but whatever. That's fine. But bottom line is there's been confusion out there. Hopefully that clears some of it up for the folks listening. They – would have had to the Suns would have had to pay three point three million dollars, give or take, to the rest of the roster had they not made the move. Instead, they end up spending cash wise nine hundred grand, making another whatever got brought in. So it's a money saving move. Business wise, it makes sense. It happened. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Nope. Right? All right. What we should and will and are going to talk about is what. Let's start with what you brought up. Mighty might. 
Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo, as you call him. Tyler Eulis. All the young guys have been getting a lot more burned. You God. You, God. You, you explained <laughs> to me off air. Then maybe, <laughs> maybe we can talk about it more next week. But uh, they've been getting a lot more burned. Chandler hasn't played at all, which I don't necessarily agree with. Whatever, that's fine. Brandon Knight hasn't played with at all, which is <laughs> awesome, but also perhaps contributing to this this uh, two game win streak that they're currently on, which doesn't help us in the reverse standings. But Tyler Eulis, Suns are fun. It's been fun to watch them over the past few games, and these young guys are injecting energy into this team giving us a glimpse into what the future very well might hold because some of these guys, while maybe before were an afterthought, are suddenly becoming relevant. And let's let you, Paul, start with Tyler Eulis and tell us what you think, what you're observing, what he has to bring to the table besides a debate about a nickname. He legitimately controls the floor. When he is on the floor, he has complete control of that ball. He knows where every player is. He's playing with an intelligence that to me exceeds a rookie. You know, Agreed. He, he's not making he's not making rookie mistakes, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's also like I'm extremely surprised by his defense for a guy who is what you what were you, you said he was like a buck 55? You're a little Soaking you're wet. a little high on that. He's 150 listed, 510. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he's taller than me, I'll, I'll leave that. I'm not going to start another <laughs> will, you, will you eat a sock or something? No. I don't know. No, but I, I don't believe he's actually taller than me. And um, I'm not 5'10". But anyways, he he's playing really, really well. And he is leading that second unit to the point that the first unit didn't even, didn't even play the fourth quarter last night against um, the Hornets. Mm-hmm. And... Tonight, he had the best plus-minus on the team, or the second-best plus-minus on the team after Dudley at plus-17 when all of the starters were in neg- were negative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, him and Dudley basically won us that game. Right. And that's it, that comment brings up an interesting thought, at least in my head, and that is, does that... What does that say about the starters? Is that just kind of a, hey, we have a we played against a team that ultimately first five versus first five is better than us, but we won with the bench led by Eulis? Or does that indicate, uh-oh, first five, uh-oh, that's a problem? I, I'm going to go with option A. Because, okay. I mean, you're looking at our first— I agree. <laughs> We're playing. They're playing against Russell Westbrook. Yeah, so we could probably say like <laughs> first five versus one. And yeah, most most teams in the NBA be like, oh, we're in he trouble. He dropped. He dropped a triple double with forty points. Did he get the triple double? I think he did. Oh think... look, the box score is right here. Yeah. Yeah. If he, he didn't. Got... He was very close. But go on, and I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, he got the triple. Du- he got the triple. I think he got the triple double with with forty plus points. One assist short. One assist short. Okay, so. Some, not semantics, but he was – the stats right there. were there. Right. Seven, 17, <laughs> 17 rebounds. Only one offensive oh, rebound, though. Oh, come on, Westbrook. Come on. Pick it up, bro. Well, that's just because he was scoring them in the basket. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> – you don't miss, I guess. That's fair. 
But so when you have a p- otherworldly player as w- Westbrook is playing this season, obviously the starters on on a team that is well below 500 are probably not going to match up well against that starting unit. Mm-hmm. But it's great to see that bench unit coming through. With you got you got the stabilizing forces of Dudley and Barbosa, which it's kind of weird to me to say, say that Barbosa is a stabilizing force because mm-hmm. I just remember him as kind of this out of control player who scored, but it was just all based off of speed and just right. Most of the time you're like, oh, what do you do? That was great, yeah, perfect. And now he's playing smart and he actually is. playing really good defense as well, and became the 14th all-time scorer in Phoenix Suns history tonight. Yeah, who would have who would have who would have known? Past Connie Hawkins. So does that mean Barbosa should be in the Ring of Honor? No, I'm kidding. Probably, probably not. No, no, no. no I don't know. No. Let's not cra- let's not get crazy. But go on, continue your thought. I lost my thought. <laughs> you were talking about how great it is to see that second unit led uh, well, by it's Lewis. Just, it's just great in general to kindly to finally see that youth movement mm-hmm. that I've been wanting. I wanted to see from day one. I mean. I understand why Watson did what he did. You know, they had to try for the playoffs. But part of me is wondering if we might have had a better shot playing these guys. Well, well, how about this then? If we did, then wouldn't it have been better for the Suns to not put these guys in early in the year? Because then we just become a eighth seed or a tenth seed, if you will, and end up with a mid-round draft pick? Yeah, probably. Maybe that was the thought process. Maybe the I Suns are smarter than all of us, it's, and it's they saw that take, coming. It's hard to take P.J. off the floor. He just he hustled he hustled so hard, and he just earned the minutes, and I completely understand why he was playing the minutes he was, but and I also understand why he needed to be traded because he did not fit the Suns' timeline. He was valuable to a team like Toronto, or he would have been really good on. I think he would have been really good on the Wizards too. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I just don't like the Wizards because Markeef's there. It, the Wizards were my East Coast team long before Markeef got there. I kind of just forget that he's there, so I can still root for John. I feel Mel. like now that you don't live out there, you shouldn't have an East Coast team anymore. They're my backup team. That makes that makes it sound worse. <laughs> don't say it like that. Wow. Yikes. Woo. <laughs> anyway, I'm, we're going to move on from that. Okay. I want to talk, though, about one guy in this youth movement that's not Tyler Eulis and is also not Derek Jones Jr., is Alan Williams. Because it's a very small sample size, but dude has been balling. Dude has been balling. Can I – am I right? I'm right. You're right. Double-double machine. Doesn't do anything flashy, but gets the job done. And, you know, we've had the conversation in the past a number of times about Alex Len. What did the Suns do about Alex Len come this offseason? Because dude's going to be a restricted free agent. He's going to get paid for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and and do the Suns have to match whatever offer he gets uh, and keep him around? And I've said repeatedly before that I think the Suns absolutely have to keep him. That was what I am going to refer to as my my (laughs) pre-All-Star break response. Uh, Because, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, if Alan Williams, Big Sauce, North High grad, 
Valley, born and raised and bred basketball hometown player. Hometown son. Hometown boy. Uh, continues to do what he's doing or even continues to be close to doing what he's doing. I, I'd rather keep him around for less money than match whatever offer Alex Len's going to get. Yeah, I mean, we already have Chandler on the books as it is. So. Right, we've got Chandler on the books, and frankly, I don't think that either Alan Williams or Alex Len is or should be the long-term solution for the Suns at center, but they could both be serviceable backups, and I'd rather pay less for my backup than for my starter excuse me i'd rather pay less for my backup um if i can and if williams is going to be a cheaper option and frankly again if he keeps up what he's doing he's a better option then that's absolutely what i should do and i don't care what team comes out and says oh hey we'll pay alan williams this because if it's less than len then i'm keeping him and we look at the 2018 draft yeah. Now I'm jumping ahead, but we look at that 2018 draft, and much like this year's draft is loaded at point guard, that draft, at least as of right now, and obviously a lot of things can change in a year plus, but is going to be a very big man-heavy draft. And if we have another down year like we probably anticipate we're going to have, there's a chance that we're going to have a good shot at one of these solid big men. DeAndre Ayton, please. Um that's not just the U of A and me either. That's just <laughs> that's 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 straight up. I would love to get a guy like that. So use this off season to keep Williams. Expect him to be a backup in the future. Draft big in twenty eighteen, and then you have Chandler for another two one years year. right now. One yeah. year after that twenty eighteen draft to help nurture those guys and you know who knows maybe sign them for another year after that just to kind of be 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 a be a role model if you will someone from them for them to learn from you mean and in 2018 when ronnie price is the head coach when no <laughs> ronnie price will be the head head assistant head, <laughs> the, 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 the executive <laughs> head coach or whatever they call them the assistant head coach Lead assistant. oh and and of course let's not forget hashtag boogie in 2018 because that's when he's going to be a free agent, and the Suns might be a very appetizing offer for him at that point, depending on what they do with this year's draft and where they draft and how the team's shaping up and how the guys are developing. But that's what I'm predicting right now. I said I said before, 2019 championship, that means a 2018 boogie. <laughs> so, but that's my, that's my little spiel on Williams versus Len Paul. Your thoughts? I could also throw some stats out there to back all of this up if you'd like me to. <laughs> nah. Why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts? I'll just throw some half-baked stats. Yeah, make some stuff up for us. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I've been soft on Len the whole season about moving forward with him as a long-term option. Just I haven't. He's got flashes, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. And I'd rather take a guy like Big Sauce who – has limitations, understands those limitations, and works within those limitations to succeed, whereas Len hasn't figured that part of himself out yet. He's He, he can't put together the whole package. Big Sauce isn't as good of a package, but it's put together, and it's working. Right. And I'd rather 
I'd rather have that, particularly at the stage the Suns are at. And like you said, next year's draft is very big man heavy, and we could theoretically have a another high pick, most likely. And start playing Brandon Knight again. I'll leave. Hey, Shoo-in. yeah, yeah. Start playing. Good yes. thing we kept him around. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bad luck charm. Dude, I would. I don't know. Dude, he just need to move him. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so not bring everybody down after all this. It's just been post trade deadline. It's just been fun. It's to been watch fun. Sun and and it, it it to me has helped craft at least in my little twisted demented mind a vision of what the future can look like exactly and it's exciting it is exciting and if you're out there listening right now and you're not excited you should change that attitude around and get excited right paul and we're still missing bender pounding i'm pounding on the table i'm so excited we are missing bender still yeah wait till he, like he comes back and then dudley's out of the lineup probably <laughs> but it just I can see those pieces coming together and kind of growing, and you're seeing that those guys actually grow. Like uh, Chris is putting together like multiple games in a row where he's consistent. Mm-hmm. His game, nice. his game last night after like half of Suns Nation thought he like blew his knee out, right? Self included. Exactly. He comes back. He's like, oh, what three, three for four from three point range, seventeen yeah. points where he put up no, no big deal. It's we, fine. Th- did he lead the team in points? I don't know. I think he might have led the team. If you start random, randomly rambling about something right now, I'll look it up. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. But yeah, I mean, Chris is playing well. I we've, we talked about we talked about the bench. Booker's still staying consistent. So's Bledsoe. Um, Warren has come come back on. Like it took him a little bit coming back from that injury, but he's kind of got back to that position, that level that he was at. I don't really know. I don't think he has the highest of ceilings, but he's a great, consistent starter. You're right, and that's that's. I mean, that's a perfectly fine ceiling. Perfectly as far as fine I'm concerned. ceiling. Yeah, especially if we're we end up with a top pick and we get one of these guys who can be like a franchise altering type of guy. So, like you know, you can't have all of your players be future Hall of Famers. Good job doing that. He did lead the team in points last night. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I they've it's I, I it's it feels so weird to have gone through the past <laughs> what October, November, December, January, five, five months, and just being like, all right, well, yeah, how are we going to trade Brandon Knight? Who yeah. are we going to trade at the deadline? What's going to happen here? What who are we going to draft? Okay, well, Booker is going to develop and. We've got Bledsoe, and then suddenly we start seeing these young guys play and start thinking, well, the future's not just with the guys who we've known the future's with. Yeah. Euless, who I've been a fan of. You're higher on Euless. You were higher on Euless than than I was previously. I've come up to maybe the level you were then, and you've maybe bumped it up a bit, but uh, he's showing a lot, and size be damned whatever yeah isaiah thomas whatever isaiah thomas but he's not a big dude either um and Euless is showing a lot of flashes right now that that could be you know 
very promising for his future as as a as a backup point guard for the Suns. And it's just it's really cool having this feeling of being excited about guys other than guys that like we were excited about last year, like Booker, being like, Oh, Booker, okay and just kinda of sitting here now going, Okay, well here's the developments happening but suddenly it's like Booker all over again with a couple of these guys. Right, know? exactly. And I mean we haven't even touched on airplane mode. He's undrafted rookie who he's a player. Dude. Yeah. He he can make it in this league. He has legit skills that he may I mean he's I don't think he's gonna be a star by any means, no. but he can be a rotation guy. He can play. He can play. Which I feel like his thighs and his ankles might be the same circumference, but that's like <laughs> a whole different issue. So but Feeling good. Future's looking bright. Maybe, maybe next week we're, we're here. We're like, oh no! It was all. It was all just a. It was all a dream. Days. Oh jeez. But but I mean, big sauce again tonight. Twelve and ten. Yeah. One more time. So, uh, three blocks. I mean, dudes, dudes, dudes playing well. Those guys are doing great. Lewis went led the team in points. Yeah, I don't know if he led him with points, but I what, think he, he did. Was, He's like seventeen points. Seventeen. Seventeen must be the magic number these days. Yeah, because that's what Chris scored last night. So, anyway, only downside, they're winning. Is they're <laughs> winning? I mean, let's not freak out. It's two games in a row, but yeah. at the start of the night tonight, they were tied with tied Lakers. with the Lakers for number two in the yeah. reverse standings, second place in the reverse standings. But they were at the same time only three and a half games out of being number five. Yeah, and I think. It was something like six games, maybe seven games, which which is a lot when we have less than twenty games left. Yeah, right? that's not gonna happen. But out of being right at the middle of the lottery, so let's not lose our heads about that. If we come back here next week and there's not a you know one or two more L's in 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 the record, then maybe we can get concerned. But you know, honestly, if if they get if they get top three even four i'm gonna be okay with it obviously i i have my preferences which i've discussed before but if we're looking at a worst case scenario we get josh jackson i'm not gonna complain about that cool yeah cool Cool. totally cool not gonna complain about josh jackson not one bit although I have a friend who's a very, very, very big KU fan who has concerns about his shot. But I've watched him play enough. His shot doesn't seem like it's horrible. My, my only concern... Dude can score, and shots are fixable. My only concern about Josh Jackson is just the track record of... KU. KU guys coming in the NBA. I mean, even like Wiggins, he wasn't... He's... Paul Pierce. Passive. D Manning. Remember when he I, changed his name from Danny to D? He wanted to go by D. Oh yeah. When he came to the Suns. Forgot about that. No, but you're you know you're right. There there are a lot of guys who came out of KU with a lot of hype that didn't amount to a whole lot. A little in underwhelming. The NBA. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Robinson. Um, the, the Morris twins. The, those who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that from now on. I apologize, but yeah, those who shall not be named. If 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 we drafted Josh Jackson, he turned into at best one of those two. Then I would be upset. But especially at three, he doesn't. He doesn't. He 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 
comes across as something better than that in watching him in college. So maybe. So I'll did Derek wrong. Williams. You know what? I'm a U of A guy, and I'm not surprised that Derek Williams has not been a good NBA player. He relied a lot on athleticism, a lot less on skill, uh, in my humble opinion, when he was in college. So I I don't think that's a fair comparison. Understandable. I just, you know, guy who doesn't have a great shot, has a lot of athleticism. You know, there are some comparisons there. Well, I'm not, but I'm not agreeing that Josh Jackson, well, he doesn't have a great shot, but his, I think he's a better shooter right now than Derek Williams was. I mean, and Derek Williams' draft was horrible. It, it was, it was, a, it was a crappy draft. So he looked better in comparison to his contemporaries. Whereas this year, it's, it's a pretty stacked draft. Right. And if you're still being touted as the number three pick, in my opinion. That means there's something that's truly legit there. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. And frankly, I, I, I see, I can see Josh Jackson eventually being a more athletic Paul Pierce. I mean, he's fresh on the brain right now, but if 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 the guy can develop that outside shot better, because again, I mean, he's putting up points on an offense that's not a bad offense, so it's not like they rely on him. Um, and like I said, shots can be adjusted, can be fixed. I mean, I don't, I don't, I I can't say I recall this for certain from back in my, back when I was at U of A, (laughs) that was weird, I know. Um, but Channing Fry is like a three point gunner now. I would have to go back. He he was like a poor man's LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't remember him shooting a whole bunch of threes at uh, U of A. Yeah. He, now, he, if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll get lit up and told I'm wrong, especially since, you know, I was down there when he was there, but I just don't remember that. Uh so it's it's yeah, one of those things that Yeah, he wasn't known for threes. I, yeah. I I remember that being like even when he was in the NBA, he didn't right. really become a three-point shooter until so he came to the, the Suns. Suns. I remember I went to the first preseason game when he signed with the Suns and he took like three threes and the first time he took one I was like, "What was that?" <laughs> and then he took a second one I'm like, "Oh, he made it." I'm like, okay, this is this this is weird. Is he just trying something new? And here we are, you know. Now he shoots forty percent a decade later, and he's doing the same thing still. So not a decade later, but that was probably well, that was probably like six years ago, five yeah. years ago. So, but at any rate, trade de- trade deadline's done. We're in the relative home sh- success home stretch of the season. Relative, it it wasn't it wasn't a failure. It wasn't a failure. That's no. we didn't freak out. We didn't give up a top two pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, although one thing we didn't talk about, and maybe we can well, – I probably won't talk about it next time, but maybe we will, is the whole thing that Gambo reported about there being a potential trade with an East Coast team or oh, yeah, Eastern we could, Conference we, yeah, team. Yeah, we could get into that. I think he said it was the Bulls. Um, I heard, no, I heard it was he the said, Bulls. No, he said that he believed it was the, the Pistons. I think – I heard other reporting that said it was the Bulls. Well, who is that from? Because if it's not Gambo, I don't believe him. More national? Yeah, I don't believe him. Okay. No. But yeah, I don't – Andre Drummond, Caldwell Pope, yeah. and Stanley Johnson. If that would have happened, I would have ran headfirst into your wall and just been like, I'm done with this. Yeah, because that – No. 
just no. You don't that have to say. You don't have to explain that, that. No, yeah, no. I would never do that. I would. Ugh, no. I wouldn't do anything like that with the Bulls either, for that matter. No. So yeah, everyone, when when Doug when McDonough when McDonough said that, <laughs> and he said maybe we explore that again in the off season, everyone was like, oh, maybe the Suns are gonna. No, they're not. No, they're not gonna do that. There is no way in hell the Suns do. Either what? of those types yeah. of trades with either of those teams. No. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Logic says yeah. no way in hell that's going to yeah. happen. So, but, Yeah, both those teams are basically capped out with the players that they have right. at their, from a potential standpoint. Exactly. And I guess covering that was fine because that took us like two minutes. And I feel like we need to say nothing more about nothing. that. Nothing. So at any rate. Unless with- one of those guys is Brandon Knight because he was a top three player. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it depends who the other two are still. Yes, this is true. Or even just one of them. If either one of them's names are Eric or Devin. Nope. No. Not for Stanley. No. Or uh, Reggie. Or Contavious. Contavious. That's an interesting name. I'll just leave it at that. So, all right. All of that being said, Paul... Any final thoughts, comments, concerns, observations? I'm looking forward to this last home stretch of the season. I want to watch the Suns be competitive and lose close. Mm-hmm. And just watch these guys develop and just show what we are all hoping the future could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're also losing a ton. Obvs. I agree. Let's get excited, Suns fans. Be excited. There is a bright future in front of us. I'm going to say that. I believe that. I hope that. God, please let it become the truth. And Boogie 2018, that's all that I have to say to finish it up. So, as always, thank you for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay, and Paul is... At Dervish of Whirl. And until next time, depending on when you're listening to us, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. (laughs) Thanks a lot, folks. Take care.